Are you, are you blessed today? Are you glad that, that we live in a free nation today? You know, sometimes, uh, I was thinking about it, because sometimes it's, it would seem like um, uh, things are very perilous right now. And it just hit me the other day. You know, when something is built on a really good foundation, it can withstand a lot of storms, can it? Remember, that's what Jesus said about the Word of God. He said, if, if your house is built on the right thing, the storms can come, the winds can blow, but uh, the house is going to stand. And I was thinking about that with America, and I was, I was encouraged about that, you know? We've been built upon a good foundation. We've endured stuff in the past. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it would be easy just to, you know, fold our hands and say, well, I guess it's it, you know? <laughs> But we have a foundation that we can stand upon. And, you know, I was thinking about this in prayer, and, I, and I'm going to hit some really good stuff today. Man, this is, gonna, this is essential for your life today, all right? Uh, but I was thinking about it. Um, the, uh, the weapons that we have, you have to know how to, to utilize them. You have to know what to do. And so it, it was interesting how, uh, I mean, we are the, the greatest military nation that's ever lived by far and it's mostly because of our weapons isn't it now we have we have great training but but i'm I'm thinking about some of we send our young boys over there to 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 wage war in these strange places and they are far superior than our enemies but it's mostly because of our weapons we have the most amazing weapons they're intelligent you know, I was talking to a guy, remember, remember uh, we, we took out one of the, the greatest terrorists in, in his car, uh, what was it, a couple years ago or something, and I was talking to this guy that has an understanding of that. He said it wasn't even an explosion. He said it, it, was, a, it was a device that once it hit, it, it, these prongs went out like this, and he said the repercussion of it just kills everybody inside the car, no collateral damage. Is that smart or what? You know, how, how brilliant that is, what we can do. But our nation was brought to a state of terror by five little box knives, or however many it was, this little blade that we have in our house. And how, how easily you can be terrorized when you have the superior weapons yourself. And sometimes it's just not knowing what you have. No, not knowing what to do with what you have. Not being careful with what... You know, I was thinking about... Texas just um, opened the door for anybody to carry now, right? That might be good in some ways. And then there are some ways it's like... You know, when I grew up, you had to take a hunter safety course before you touch a gun, you know? You, you need to know which, which way... To, to point the barrel, you know, <laughs> this looks like it ought to work, no, that doesn't, you know, I, I grew up, my grandpa wouldn't even let us point sticks at each other, just, just, you know, you just don't do something that can, to, 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 to go that direction at all, because you have to know what you have in your hands, and then you have to be, you better be ready to use that thing doesn't do any good to have the right weapons if you're not going to use them. So, praise God. We got some good stuff here today. 
And, and we have the best weapons ever. Yes. <laughs> We're not without artillery. We're not without, I mean, we can take it to the enemy. But it's so important that we do. So here, here's what was cool about those box, box knives. They kind of put us back on our heels for a little while. But what was so critical about what took place in the next few days was our response. Yeah. So in, in, in that day, 9-11, you know, 20 years ago, America was terrorized. Nobody... No airplanes were flying, nothing, nothing's going on. Why? Because we were all, we didn't know what was going to happen. But once we started getting some information about the enemy, we went into response mode. And we took the weapons that we had. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's political sides of everything. But, but what we did do is take it to the enemy. We didn't decide, I think we need to just have some discussions with these guys. They seem to have their feelings hurt. <laughs> they don't like us for some reason. We need to give them Snickers bars and tell them that we don't want to hurt them anymore. <laughs> no, you know why weapons are made? Weapons are made to destroy. Yeah, you're right. To utterly destroy. And so you make these weapons and they're not... You don't just use them just now. I'm so thankful that, that we have, have not had some major stuff for 20 years. And it's not just because we have them, though. It's because we've proven that we're going to use them. Yeah. And if you, if you have the audacity to do something to us, you get, get ready to go. You're, you're off the map. And really, I think this, this is partly what's caused some of these things to happen in the last few days is there hasn't been this fear of what we might do. There's been this, 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 this boldness to, to spit in our face when we could just wipe them off the map, you know? And you're gonna, the enemy will get by with what he's allowed to get by with. And so... This will really strongly pertain to us today, all right? I just have a couple things I need to just touch real quick before we, we do get into this. I was just so anxious to get started, I just jumped the gun a little bit. But man, I can see everybody's just kind of salivating already, right? You just can't wait to, to, <laughs> to hear what we're going to get, because it's, it's good today, I'm telling you. Um, but I want to I make sure that every uh, couple... Uh, registers for our marriage conference that we have coming up because this is really going to be good. You know, part of even what I'm going to talk today about is we need each other. Yeah, you know, what, what has made our military strong and, and partly what the problem was with 9-11 is miscommunication or, or lack of communication. There wasn't collaboration between the forces, right? And so they, the, the inability to be in unity cause a great vulnerability, right? Wow, and, it be, and it became something that there needs to be. Why do we need each other? Why do we come together? It's because we need unity. And God, this was the last prayer Jesus prayed is that we would be unified yeah. because he knew we needed strength together right. to overcome the enemy. Right. You just don't do it alone. Right. You just don't do it alone. But we, so... <laughs> Has anybody experienced this? Maybe you're going through it right now where you kind of feel overwhelmed by something. 
And, and so there, there's, there's this word, word overwhelmed, and it, and it really means, because um, one of the meanings of it is to be submerged, to be totally overcome, to, put, to be totally disabled. And so when something comes against you and you feel overwhelmed, it's like you're without defense. You're beyond the ability to respond, right? And so this is kind of how we were 20 years ago. But it's very important when you feel overwhelmed, your response becomes critical. Because when you're overwhelmed, it's by something that looks like it's too much for you. And what you have to come to the realization of is I'm not just going to not be overwhelmed, I'm going to overwhelm. So how you get out of being overwhelmed is you overwhelm. I know this might sound like we're going around the block here a little bit, but this is what we've been given in God. We, we haven't just given a, get, uh, been given an ability to withstand what Jesus did, he didn't just come to make it so that we can all coexist. He came to destroy the works of the enemy completely. So what he came to do is to provide a victory and all the tools that we need to not just not be overwhelmed, but to overwhelm as our response. Does this make sense? So we're going to look at some tools that God has given us for this because so much of the time, we are walking arsenals that don't know what to do with our arsenal, and we succumb to box knives, and we cower in the, in the house, right? And a lot of different stuff's coming at us right now, too. And, and you know, we talked about this last week. If you didn't hear last week, <laughs> we're talking about the fear of God and how you overcome fear is with fear. You fear God. Amen. But once you get to that point, you're going to have to start doing something with what you have in the fear of God. And so we have some tools that are very powerful for this. The response of the overwhelmed is, let's go and overwhelm. Yeah. You know, I heard somebody talking, one of the, the uh, uh, he was probably like a Marine or, or, you know, one of those special forces guys. He said, you know, we were so ticked when we went to Afghanistan in our response we just went looking. We, we climbed like, like goats. We shed all our gear and climbed like goats up into the mountains and we took them out. I thought, man, this is kind of violent. But that was an appropriate response. You mess with us, just pre prepare to die, right? <laughs> Everybody know my, my reference there? <laughs> Hello, I'm Randigo Montoya. <laughs> You killed my father. Prepare to die, right? <laughs> he came with overwhelming force, right? He, he wasn't all that great, but, but, <laughs> but God's prepared us for this. Amen? So there was a passage, and it's out of the Passion Translation. We don't use Passion Translation for everything, but I, I came across this version of this, and I really like it because it uses this word that is so helpful for us today, I believe. It says, we've been overwhelmed. Now, this is going to apply to, to, to every part of our life. I believe we can affect America today by taking a stance we need to take ourselves. Instead of being overwhelmed by circumstances, 
God says, no, you overwhelm. Amen? There's a stance for you to take that is not cowering. It's not folding under the enemy's threats. But it's not going to be just getting by either. It's not going to be just being lukewarm in the world and just being passive. It's going to be taking the stance of a special forces guy, shedding your gear, and going into the mountains and taking out the, the enemy. Amen? So, this is reflective of this. This is God's way. He doesn't want to just get along. He doesn't want you to just feel better about yourself and just go about your way. He wants you to overcome. Yes. And real quick, one of the biggest deceptions going on right now is terrorists, sickness, uh, financial things. And you know what the enemy's doing? He's saying, look over here while he's taking people's eternal life over here. And, and even the church, we're getting caught up in this. And people are going to hell. Because we're diverted. Right? And we don't even realize we're being overwhelmed. So what, what, what God needs for us to do is to not be looking over here and being overwhelmed by these temporal things. When we should be getting on top of it and saying, no, we're seated in heavenly places above all these principalities. But what is the real goal that we're going towards? Eternal life. All right. So we've been overwhelmed with grief. Come now and overwhelm us. That's the answer to being overwhelmed is to overwhelm with gladness. Replace our years of trouble with decades of delight. When God does something, he, he, he never does it halfway or just even. He overdoes it. When he provides, he's more than abundant. Amen? That's the way our God is. Let us see your miracles again and let the rising generation see the glorious wonders you're famous for. Oh Lord, our God, let your sweet beauty rest upon us and give us favor. Come work with, with us and then our works will endure and give us success in all we do. This is what God does. He doesn't come back and just make us better. He overwhelms what we're being overwhelmed with. And he desires this for us. And, and this is what he did in Christ. And we'll see this. This is really great. God himself, through Jesus, overwhelmed the feeble threats of terror. <laughs> it must have been really frustrating for God to look down on earth. He's the God of creation. And he's made a way for people to come to him. Actually, through the law, he did this. Right? Deuteronomy said, if you, do every, if you keep the book of the law in, my mouth, in your mouth, you do everything that I've told you to do, you'll make your way prosperous, you'll have good success. Your enemies won't be able to come close to you. No plague will come nigh you. Nothing, nothing will come close to you. And he's looking down there and nobody's complying. Nobody's doing what is necessary to overcome. So he sends Jesus. So let's look at this. And this, Isaiah has a really good description of this, all right? Our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. This is just describing, isn't it amazing how 
<laughs> it's a very clear description of where we're at right now. You know, sometimes it would seem like we're in a new era. You know, this is just humanity through the ages. This is just another phase of it, right? The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. <laughs> this is not a new thing. Justice has been needed all the way back before Jesus. In fact, that's why God sent Jesus. Amen? He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm. That's Jesus. Amen? And his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. Now, we're going to come back to this because what God did to overwhelm his enemy in Christ is what he's given us to do. Amen? This will be reflected later on. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. In the west, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the east, they will glorify him. For he will come like a raging flood. Driven by the breath of the Lord. Now, this is a description of a God response. To an overwhelming situation. Yeah. Amen. Remember what I said. that Part of the definition of overwhelmed is submerged. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So when God. When, 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 when the enemy's coming in. And it looks like there's an overwhelming force coming. God does not just respond in kind. He overwhelms. Yes. He says. Oh, oh you got a little army here. I'm just going to flood you. Yeah. That's kind of what Noah was about. Right. <laughs> it's like let's just get rid of everything. That's what God can do. That's what he does. In the end, it's going to be fire. Fire pretty much consumes everything, doesn't it? It just destroys everything. It's so important to be on the right side of God, to not be halfway with this. Amen? But this is what he did in Christ. This was demonstrated in Christ. The response to overwhelming is to overwhelm completely. This is what God does. Okay? And this is what he's given us. Oh, let's don't, let's don't be cowering before any of the threats in the world. Amen? Yeah. Let's don't be cowering before this stuff, these, these stupid box knives, right? Okay. <laughs> so we have already overcome. 1 John 4, 4 through 6. Little children, you are of God. You belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist. Because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. Now, if you've heard that very much, it can just kind of make you tired and thinking, well, I've heard that over and over again. It just doesn't mean too much to me. Uh, I, I don't feel any stronger. I don't feel any better. Anybody ever experienced that? You know, say, man, I've been saying that forever and I still feel we, you know. <laughs> this is a reality. And so we need to actually apply some things. When the enemy comes in, we have to be a part of the flood. Yeah, that's good. You know, God does, does, does always does stuff through people, doesn't he? Right. 
You think, you know, some people think, well, God's in control. God's in control. You know what? (laughs) He's put control in our hands. And there's a God of this world that everybody, that most people are serving. He's not going to step in between you and your God. (laughs) He's going to let you choose the God you want to choose. And you're going to get the results. But if you choose him, better understand what you're getting. Because he's not just a halfway God. He's an over-the-top God. He's an overwhelming God. Amen? He who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. They proceed from the world and are, the, and are of the world. Therefore, it is out of the world, its whole economy, morally considered, that they speak. And the world listens, pays attention to them. We are children of God, though. Whoever is learning to know God, progressively to perceive, recognize, and understand God by observation and experience, and to get an ever clearer knowledge of him, listens to us. And he who is not of God does not listen or pay attention to us. By this we know, recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, we prayed this prayer before, didn't we? That we have the spirit of truth. And we have a promise from the word. It says, the spirit of truth abides in me and teaches me all things. He guides me into all truth. Amen? This is a reality. But we have to become a part of the God response to where we're not just saying that, hoping something changes when we do. But we say, I'm taking up my arms, the arms God has given me to actually mount an overwhelming response to the enemy. Man, if we could get this today, anytime we're going through something, God has a God response, but we have to be involved in it. Otherwise, we just say, God, since you're so great, why do you just let this happen? You know, as soon as you get on that side of stuff, you are overwhelmed. If you want to be part of a God response, you gotta, you got to get involved with his response and start using the weapons you've been given. Amen? <laughs> Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, I give you authority. I send you. Well, why don't you just go, well, I sent my Holy Spirit to abide in you so that wherever you go, now you are the overwhelmer. If you know what you got. Otherwise, you're just a Texan packing, not even knowing what you got. Right? (laughs) And that is fearful. That is scary, right? So how do we overwhelm? We'll get, this this is some really good stuff. This is in a church app too, if you need to go back and get it later, right? Because you might need to to make this part of of your your life, okay? Man, I'm so glad, (laughs) I'm so glad this has come to me because you know what we have we don't just have to wish things were better or have somebody pray for us no we've been given something we can do right now amen, amen? so how do we overwhelm second corinthians 10:3 for though we walk live in the flesh we are not carrying <laughs> we don't just carry six shooters we're not just carrying box knives no we we're not just walking in the flesh. 
We are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Don't you like this? This does not say to keep the enemy away from you. No, this says for you to destroy the enemy, doesn't it? Oh, the enemy, he's just coming against me. Just pray that I'll be able to endure somehow. There's no provision for that in the word. What God provides is overwhelming response where you defeat the enemy. Amen? That's so much better than cowering in your house hoping he doesn't find your house. Right? Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, there is no ability to terrorize somebody unless you get in their mind. That's what, the, that's what terrorists do now. What they want to do is say that what they have is the ability to take you out. And as soon as that gets in your mind, you're going to wilt and let them do what they want to do. That's kind of what's happened here. In recent days. Yeah. But if they can't get in your mind, they can't take your stuff anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so this is what we've been given in the word of God. We've been given an ability to no longer allow the enemy to get into our mind and to overwhelm us. Because we're, we got some great tools. I'm not getting ahead of myself too much. And we lead every thought. We take it. Okay, here, here it goes. You're no longer going to terrorize me. I know where you're coming from. I know how great you are. I know that the thing you, the, that you're presenting to me is small potatoes compared to what I have. <laughs> you, you know, when you're... When you're sitting with, I, I don't even know all this weaponry, but you know, when you're sitting with one of those helicopters, you know, that have all those big guns on them and stuff, and you look over the horizon and you see somebody coming, you know, with a, uh, a World War II rifle riding on a camel, <laughs> your, your teeth just don't start chattering too much, do you? <laughs> Unless... You have no idea how to operate that <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> and then if there's more of those camels coming along too, you might just start getting scared, especially if you don't know the way home, you know. <laughs> but if you know what you got, terror doesn't work on you anymore. Amen? In fact, as soon as my house starts getting invaded by these little scorpions, and what do we do? think you can come in my house do we just try to make sure that they don't get to our place in the room no we, we annihilate those things don't we we take every thought that would come against us we say here here you go i have a place for you yes. it's a fire it's just gonna burn you up because we do not even allow you to exist yeah. amen? amen so what i have here are some tools for us are we good this morning? Are, are, are you ready? Okay. Actually, this is going pretty quick. This is fun. 
So how many have heard of, uh, oh, what is it? Is it P90X, I think it's called, you know, where you can work out and get all muscular? I always, I always get question, I always get a little bit skeptical of when they have some big old muscly guy saying he got that way by doing this stuff. I'm thinking, I think you got a little bit more going on there than, <laughs> than what you're selling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> How many identify with that? <laughs> so, so I, it's, this isn't uh, P90, but I want to have five Ps. Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> How many like peas? These are some good peas. There might have been some better words we could have used from some of these, but I just want to have some peas here, okay? All right. So we can have fun with it. So five peas of Holy Ghost extreme response. Sometimes you got to have a plan, don't you? So sometimes this can kind of help us remember too, right? I think I, I can actually remember all five of these pieces. You're saying, man, I hope you can. <laughs> You're up there in front of us right now, okay. Um, but, but these they, they very much go in, in a necessary progression here. So if we can follow this, this is, actually can be something that we apply when we're up against something that looks like it's overwhelming. Because the enemy, with each one of these, he recognizes their power, and so he, he, he mounts an assault against them. And if he can knock us off in the first one, he's pretty much got us for the rest. Okay? All right. And so the first one that I want to look at here is purity. You know, we've been really hitting this pretty good recently, I believe, just talking about our relationship with God. You can't fear a God that you're on the other side of the fence from. You know? You cannot, and so I was thinking about this even with regard to, uh, you know, this brotherhood. I, I, I'm, I, I just missed the Vietnam War and I was so glad I did, you know? I think it was a couple of years before. Larry, you, did you get drafted? You were close? Yeah, right there. Right there. I, I had to register for the draft, but it was like a couple of years before me that they, they quit doing that. And um, so I, did, I didn't have to go. But I understand it's, it's like um, Lindsay talking about her brother. They take these young men and they, they, they have to completely reconstruct their, their worldview. They cut off their hair. They, they have to change everything about them. And they put them through a boot camp so that they can actually get a different perspective of how things are and what they can actually do. They don't even know they can do some of this stuff until they show them how to do it, right? But once you've gone through that and you get on the field of battle, you can't have somebody that's supposed to have your back that hangs out on terrorist websites. You know what I mean? You can't have somebody that's waffling. You don't know if they're really on your side or not. And you can tell by what they do in their private time whether they're on your side or not. Did you get the correlation here a little bit? You can't be a part of a God overwhelming force if in your private time you're colluding with the, colluding, whatever that word is, colluding with the enemy. Does this make sense? 
Now, there's a reason why, you know, this, this isn't being prudish. It's not being legalistic. But if you want to be a part of an overwhelming response, you got to get pure. You got to be right before God. You know, so many times we, we just feel like we're just getting overwhelmed. Well, let's start with where your heart is at. Amen? You know, when you're getting overwhelmed, you need salvation, don't you, from whatever that thing is. You got to go back and you got to establish your own salvation. Before you can get over, over this thing, you got to get your foundation. It's like we said at the beginning. If you don't want to be overwhelmed, you better have your foundation strong. Amen? First uh, John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. What is love? Jesus said, you know what? If you just love, you'll fulfill everything else, right? And so First John's talking about it in this. And he said, let's don't just say that we love. Let's just don't act like we're Christians. Let's just don't take the position of a special forces dude. Let's actually be. Don't just do it with what we're saying. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. You know, it doesn't do any good to tell you that you did not really sin. You know, there's some... There's some perspectives of grace that say, well, you just haven't even, you can't sin anymore. Right? The problem with that is even people in the world have a conscience. And we can say, you know, we can even concede that. We can say, okay, your heart is perfect. You're right before God because of the blood of Jesus. (laughs) But you got a conscience. You got a soul that knows. It knows what you did. <laughs> and the devil didn't just make you do that. You chose it. Right? You can't blame it on him. You can't blame it on somebody else. It's all your choice. Right? So, when you're, you're going to get in the field of battle and you're going to be caught part of an overwhelming God response, you can't go out there second guessing. You know, you can, you can see this on, on, the, on the, the sport field. You know, uh, as soon as somebody loses their confidence, you know, as soon as you nail that quarterback, that's the thing with Tom Brady. He just does not get nailed enough, you know. If you could just nail him once, just really ring his bell. And, he's, and, and you know, he's, he's, got, he's got the whole plan and everything else, but, man, there's that big giant coming at him. And he's really good at that, though. But, but anyway, but if you can get in there, if you can get them, their conscience to say, it's not going to work this time because I know something about me. You're, you're not a reliable weapon anymore. Your conscience has to be cleared. This is the wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus. He cleanses our conscience. Here... And that's, that's a miracle. Yes. That's a miracle because, you know, people are in institutions today because they can't clear their conscience from something they did. We have a very precious, um, 
young man that grew up in, in the church, um, went to our youth group with our kids that, um, you know, he went to, he went to Africa. I think he was in Afghanistan, wasn't he? Um, and he said, I just, I can't believe that God will forgive me of, of these things I've done. He, he I, you know, just, I, I don't even want to go there. But we have a conscience that causes us to compromise our own position in a God response. Can you relate to that? And so this area has to be dealt with. And we can do this. This is what's so wonderful on a daily basis. The blood becomes available for us right now. And, and you know, just I'm talking about just having a fight with, with somebody that you love. Even somebody that you don't love, I guess. You know, that, that could be true too. But you know what? That, that compromises your heart. Some of the, the biggest ways the enemy wants to get into us is in strife. And as soon as he can get us into strife, we're not part of a God response. We can't be. Because we're on the side of the accuser. And that's the enemy that we're trying to overwhelm. Yes. You can't overwhelm an enemy that you're on his side. Right. Right. right? For if a heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. This is the wonderful thing about this that we have to embrace. It's because the enemy wants to keep us in the clutches of guilt. And say, like our friend says, God can't even do this. No, God can. Yes. But you have to deal with it first. It's the first weapon we have against being overwhelmed. Yeah. It's to get pure. Get pure. Yeah. And we can do this. But we have to be honest. We have to repent. And we have to say, God, here I am. By your blood, cleanse me of this stuff. I'm not going back to it. You know, and, and this might be something that you have to do over and over again, but his mercies are new every morning. Amen. And he takes us to this. It's a process. How many have experienced that? Something where you had a stronghold in some, and you just said, God, I just I submit myself to you. You know, we sang this song this morning, and it just really hit me. <laughs> the refiner. I want to be consumed. What is being consumed? All the stuff that would keep guilt, shame, those stains on my heart. There has to be that thing before God. Here I am on your altar. Refine me. Make, make me pure of this thing. And these strongholds can be very strong and they can come back and get us the next day and we yield to them again, but we keep saying, no, I have a promise from God. Amen? Amen? But this is the first weapon and it becomes a weapon. If we can look at this like a weapon and not just something, well, I hope it works this time. No. This is powerful. It's so powerful that the enemy's gonna attack this over and over again. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Oh, we have to have confidence towards God, don't we? And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. It is very important what we're choosing to do because what we're choosing to do reveals what we really believe in our heart. Your actions are a direct reflection of the belief of your heart. That's 
All right. So the first one is purity. We have to be pure. You know what they say about a lot of things is the most important thing that, that you can do is change who you are. And that's what Jesus came to do. We will not be an effective weapon for God if we don't believe it. And you can't get yourself to believe it if your conscience is not clear. All right. So this next one is partnership. So, well, we've been brought into, remember Jesus is the one that came and totally overwhelmed our enemy, right? And how did he do that? He did it by making it possible for everybody who became a son of God like him to become a part of a body of Christ. Amen? He didn't call, he didn't, we didn't get saved into islands. No man is an island. That was from when I was in high school. So anybody know that song? That was, okay. No man stands alone. Oh. Um, that's better than, I did it my way. <laughs> but one of the most powerful things you've been called to on a sports team Tom Brady is very grateful for that guy that's blocking for him. Because he can, he'll never make a pass if he doesn't have somebody blocking for him. Right? We will never overcome if we don't have somebody else blocking for us. If we don't have somebody, we're, we're, we're born into a, you know what Jesus said, uh, th on this rock, we're talking about foundations, on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against what? A whole bunch of individual people saying, don't tell me that I don't sin, or don't tell me that I sin anymore? No, against a body that each one functions in a very critical way, and we lift each other, and we empower each other to be invincible to the over, overwhelming threats of the enemy. Amen? Now, to be, a part, to be a partner, you have to believe in what you bring to the partnership, don't you? But then you have to become completely dependent upon what somebody else brings. Until that happens, there's not a full partnership, and you are compromised in your ability. Right? Because what the enemy will do, he'll come to you in your area of weakness, where if you were in a body where somebody's filling that void, you'd be invincible against that. It establishes accountability to where we, we can't just live unto ourselves. It makes a difference if I'm living pure or not. Why? Because I enable somebody else's power over the enemy when I'm pure. Oh, we have to see that too. All right. So Ephesians 4, 11. Is this good? Everybody say yes. yes. Whether you, yeah, just say it by faith if you need to. Okay. All right. Ephesians 4, 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Man, everybody's kind of got a different part. And you know what? God's calling more of us into some of these realms, and we, and we have to be able to see ourselves in that. But. For what? The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come. Till we all come. 
You know, so, so I think one of the biggest things the enemy wants to do is to get us to thinking that our little battle with the enemy is just ours. <laughs> you know, when they attacked those twin towers, it wasn't just against those people in that tower. It was America. And we need to understand that when the enemy's attacking me, he's not just attacking me, he's talk, attacking the body of Christ. And when he's attacking somebody else that I know, it's not just them, it's me. Amen? Can you see this as a necessity? If we're going to overwhelm, if we're going to mount a, a, an overwhelming response when the enemy comes against us, we have to be part. We have to be partners. Amen? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Isn't that interesting? It's almost like a perfect man in the sense of Genesis where it talks about and God created man. It was mankind. To, to a unity together. A unit that we can overcome. Now we can mount an attack because now we're together. Amen? Can you see the necessity of this? And can you see how the enemy has deprived us so much? And we've experienced overwhelming ex uh, attacks of the enemy and thought we were defeated. Well, actually, we're defeated. Right? Just because we didn't know what we had. We have to appreciate what we have. And then give ourselves to it. <laughs> to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ... And we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. This just keeps going. It just gets better and better as you keep going. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what? Every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That indicates that I am not going to get complete on my own. I must have you. I'm so glad y'all are here today. <laughs> I'm getting completed a little bit, right? You know, it's a, there's a scripture that says that we have been made complete in Christ. That implies that it's a togetherness that we're made complete in. Amen? Kind of makes you have a different perspective of that person sitting next to you, doesn't it? It's like, wow, I really, I really need you all in my life. So, so we're pure. We're partnered. And now we need some power. We need some, we need some ability, right? Okay. Let's look at this. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Now, this is where it goes back to, remember what, what God did when he, he prepared Jesus to overwhelm? He clothed him. Clothed him with salvation. Clothed him with these elements, right? As an example for us. And this is what we do ourselves. So let's just go through these real quick. Are y'all hanging with me okay? Yes. All right. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And here's the deception. Everything the enemy comes against us with in this earth is flesh and blood. It's things in this earth. 
and what he doesn't. As soon as we get caught up in that, uh, we're, we're vulnerable, right? But when we start putting on what we've been given in Christ, now we are empowered in a realm that will not be, not succumb to his inferior weapons. Because these are our weapons. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, reflecting what Jesus did, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, what I like about this is it's not just standing. All these, all these elements uh, are meant for an, uh, an offensive advance. They're not meant to just stand there. They're meant to stand there, right? Take up the whole armor. Okay. Stand there for having your waist, uh, having girded your waist with truth. What is that? That's your core, isn't it? And your core has to be strong. Physically, you you have to take care of your core or the rest of you kind of can fall apart. Right? So the core has to be taken care of. You have to have the truth. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? If we didn't have the word of God right now, truth could just be whatever it is somebody decides it's, it is. You just say it as many times as you want. Keep saying it, keep saying it. I guess it's going to become true. And, and then they, on top of that, they like to say, and the truth will set you free. Completely leaving out the preceding part of that. Exactly. That when you do what the word says to do, then the truth, you'll know the truth. Yeah. You do not know the truth until you're doing what God says. Amen. So this, this core has to be taken care of with truth. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness. What is that? That's where your heart is. It's what we, we, we talked about with purity. It's necessary for you to have an identity of righteousness. In Isaiah, it talks about being established in righteousness. In Christ, we've been made righteous, but we need to become established in righteousness because righteousness has fruit. It's fruit of strength. It's it's fruit of ability. But if you're not yielding to righteousness, you can't be established in it. And your heart will know it. It will not, it will be vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy against it. And that's where your belief is, is settled. Right? So this is all in preparation. You cannot be strong against the enemy. You, be, you become pure. You become a partnered up. But you're going to have to become strong. You become strong by the truth. Amen? And by an identity of righteousness. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is that? That's where you are settled in the direction that you're going. You've been given direction that comes from above. And what does peace, what was that definition of peace, of shalom that you gave me? Yeah, give me that. I have it ready here. <laughs> above all, taking the shield of faith 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So what is the shield of faith? That is something that the enemy comes against you and you're like Jesus in the wilderness and you say, no, that's not true. It's not written that way. No, my faith lies in what God says. Amen. So every time he comes against me now, I've, what is that? That's power. <laughs> it's like Star Wars with their with that dome thing that they put them around them, you know. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What is the helmet of salvation? That's secure in what's been established for you already in Christ. You are. Amen. And the sword of the spirit. That's something you're going to wield against the enemy. When we come against him, it's going to be by the, the word of God. Yeah. Amen? And it will, it will render him completely impotent. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, the only challenge with this is I'm throwing it at you as fast as I can. But there's a lot of application of this that has to take place with truth from the word of God. What are we doing on a daily basis? What are we really living? And how are we responding when we feel overwhelmed? Go back to your purity. Go back to your partnership. Go back to the power of God that you have. And put on those clothes. Amen? You can't expect. Don't just go have somebody pray for you. You'll still be a whiny little defeated something or other when they get done praying for you because you have to be a part of the response prayer so we saw that at the end of this philippians 4 6 through 7 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through christ jesus what are we doing then we're actually talking to God about it. You know, this communication with God needs to become something that is very familiar to us. He's the one that we fear. He's the one that we talk to about something. So as soon as we have something coming against us, we don't, get, we don't give in to anxiety. We don't give in to those things. No, we have somebody to go talk to about it with confidence because we've established purity. We know that we are in, in communion and we're in unity with his body. Right? And we put on the, 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 the appearance of somebody that's ready to go to battle. And then we go to battle in the presence of God. We begin to start speaking to him from a position of stance. Having done all to do. To stand, we stand. We stand in the presence of God. To pray out his will. Because we've searched it out. <laughs> okay. And then, then we have, which one are we on here? Five. Good. Good. All right. So proclamation. There's, there's other ways we could say this, but it has a P at the front of it. So I thought, well, let's just use this one. All right. So, <laughs> but this is when you start to proclaim things yeah. from a position of authority. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is when you know how to run that. Uh, 50 cal machine gun. <laughs> Larry took us out and let us shoot his. It's not, it wasn't a machine gun, but man, every time that thing. And he had to teach each one of us how to do it uh, 
I couldn't even, I couldn't even figure out how to look through that scope. All I saw was black for a while. You kind of have to move your head around. You should have seen JP. We got a video of JP shooting. <laughs> that thing, man, it goes. When it, when, it, when, it, when it fires, I mean, there's a repercussion. If you're standing on the side, man, you, you feel it going, you know. And that's not too familiar to you until you've done it a bit. But once you get an attitude about it, I was talking with, uh, I was talking with Rob. He, he got, uh, what do you call it, certified or something like that with a 50 cal uh, machine gun. At, I think he said it was like three quarters of a mile or a, a mile or something like that. Um, and this guy said, see that branch hanging down on that tree over there? He said, if you can knock that branch down. <laughs> and, and if you know what you're doing, you can flat take care of things, right? With authority. I said, well, wasn't that kind of scary? He said, well, not really when you know what you're doing. You know, you, you know how to operate things. And this is how it happens. When you've, when you've gone through these, the, the first four Ps, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just want to get it. We just want to get a sermon on authority and start trying to go out there and wield authority. And we're just a loose cannon because we, we don't have any confidence towards God. We don't know the truth. We haven't, we haven't been prepared. Our righteousness is in shambles. We don't even know for sure if we're saved. <laughs> and we're trying to say in the name of Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, it becomes, <laughs> becomes like that, that, uh, that guy that's, that uh, was trying to cast out demons in, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. He said, well, I, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who in the world are you? Because you haven't gone through the first four Ps. Right? You get to the first four, though, and now, when the enemy comes against you, you don't even have to talk to God about him anymore. You talk to him. That's what Jesus did. He said, I give you this authority. Now you cast out. Now you tell him where to go. Amen? Mark 11, 23 and 20 through 25. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And so it's not down in his heart. This doesn't sound like prayer, does it? It sounds like somebody that has some authority. Right? This sounds like somebody that's been prepared. This is somebody gone through boot camp. Somebody who knows who they are. Knows the, the, the one that they represent. Right? Knows the superior, uh, superiority of their weapons, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Boy, you have to have some confidence, don't you? Yes. You know, believing isn't something you just say you do just because you read it in the Word somewhere. Believing is something you do because you've lived it and you've chosen it over other options. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Who's he? He's talking to somebody that's going to do some mountain moving. Don't you like this song we sang? Every mountain moves with a word from you. Don't you like that? Now, 
That's spoken to God. But you know what? He said, I put that word in your mouth. We could almost sing that this way. Every mountain moves with a word from me. That's where God wants to get it for us. Because he has a response to the enemy. It's a mountain moving response. And he's not doing it until he uses us. We're his weapon. Amen? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, this goes to the purity side of it. This goes to the partnering side of it, doesn't it? Forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. You can't hold stuff in your heart and expect to have confidence towards a God that's going to deliver you. I says, no. When you're speaking to mountains, make sure you've done the first four Ps. Right? Okay. Develop spiritualize. This is the last passage, and then I want us to just say some things together. Can we do this? Develop spiritualize in the spirit. So what, what we've done in this process is we've, we've realized that we are not just living in the Middle East. We're not back a few centuries. No, we're, we're in, the, in the progressive. We've gone to the next level altogether. In fact, we don't even see what everybody else sees. I think there was, I, I didn't see this movie, but I saw a preview to it where, you know, you put on these glasses and you begin to see all this other stuff that nobody else sees. That's, that's what we've been given in Christ. The, the more you establish yourself in these, in these peas, you do not look at people after the flesh. Uh, those ones that offended you, you don't even see them that way anymore. You look at them in a different way because you're not looking on the outward appearance. You're like God. <laughs> you're looking at the heart and you're looking at eternal things instead of temporal things. You know what the biggest threat against our country today is temporal things and the fear of them. Even death. We're so trembling before death that we're willing to give up freedom to try to prevent it. You're not preventing death for one thing. Either you're going to live in freedom or you're going to die before you die. <laughs> okay. I, I meddled there a little bit. Sorry. So 2 Corinthians 4.16, therefore we do not lose heart. That sounds like we don't get overwhelmed. Even though our outward man is perishing. This is one thing I want to challenge us with. In the New Testament, they never tried to overcome the government. They never tried to get rid of it, did they? Even though it was prophesied that Jesus would reign forever and ever. Do you know that there's an after this world today? Jesus is going to come back and he's going to reign forever and ever. And then we're going to have that. But until then, we, we don't have a lot of influence over governments. Don't see it in the scripture anyway. Right? A lot of times governments are, are the, the result of the foundation of the people. Judgment comes on nations as a result of things they've chosen to do. And for us as Americans, as many babies have been slaughtered in the name of whatever you want to call it, we don't deserve. We're, we're existing today because of the mercy of God right now. 
So it's really hard to try to start telling God what to do about our government. There's a place for us, though, in the unseen realm. And that's, that's where salvation reigns. You know, the greatest salvation takes place in the greatest times of oppression. And God wants to do something in America today. That if we're not careful, we'll be looking at the scene. Getting occupied with the scene. When we should be occupied with the unseen. Amen. Now, until we're doing that, because this is what, this is the hope of America today. It's not a government overthrow. It's a people overthrow. It's people coming to their senses, knowing who their God is. Because that will bend everything else. Our government, our, our, What's been wonderful about America being established upon this foundation is that it can be changed by the people. But until you change the people, fix the government, we're still all doomed. Because we have to have righteousness. And this is what we can be a part of. And this is what we should be encouraged. Don't don't even get caught up with what might happen in America and how terrible that might be. No, let's be looking to eternal things. We need to be calling on God to save people. This is where our focus should be. Because the enemy wants to come and and just scoop as many people into hell as possible. While we're occupied with something that we have not been given precedent to influence. That's not our overwhelming response. What the enemy wants to do is get us overwhelmed by the circumstances, the scene... And miss out on what really our purpose is in being an overwhelming response. What God wants to do, and he's doing it in Afghanistan today, is he's having an overwhelming response. We're all occupied with how many people got left. Some people don't want to come. They want to be a testimony over there. Amen? Now, I know that this is kind of challenging, isn't it? But I believe it's reality. Right? Because we have to get... When we do the five Ps, we're taken into a realm where we don't see, we become like Jesus. We don't see a cross. We see the opportunity beyond the cross. Amen? We see the hope that's on the other side of it. Amen? This takes revelation. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How does God come back? He comes back with exceeding. What God wants to do in us right now, if we're actually yielding to what the weapons we've been given in a warfare, it's going to be in a realm that is so much more weighty than something that we would want on our own. Does that make sense? Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Is this good? So are you going to be empowered? Anybody going through something today? Anybody challenged with anything today? You know, what the enemy wants to do is just to keep you focused on the challenge. And what God gives us is a way to overcome the challenge. But we get our eyes off of that thing. We look away. We look away from the, from the challenge and become a part of the God-overwhelming response. We get pure 
We partner up. We become empowered in the spirit, building ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? All right, what was the next one? Oh, we pray. See, I told you I can remember these. And then we proclaim. We begin to declare some things. God wants us to be declaring some things in the earth today. And it's not going to come just because we think that we are gifted. No, it's going to come because we've been established in humility in in the way that God has provided for us in this way. Can we stand up and let's say some things together? What's that? Oh, yeah. Peace means destroy the authority attached to chaos. Isn't that interesting? So that's, that's uh, I guess, part of the meaning of, of shalom. You know, they, in Hebrew, is destroy the calamity, the authority attached to chaos. You go right to the core of it, don't you? We're taking you out. Praise God. Now, now the, the word is near us. It's right in our mouth. We, this, is where we, this is where we wage war. Amen? Yes. Now, I encourage you, in this area of purity, this is an area of battle. And we have to get our, the word in our mouth with regard to this. It will bring freedom in areas of bondage. This is how we take those thoughts uh, captive. And we make them... We totally, we, we don't mess around with it. And I, I, I'm telling you, we have to get aggressive in our response to the enemy's threats. The more we get aggressive with it, the more we, you might have to get loud. <laughs> but we declare these things. And as we do, the enemy, you know, you resist the devil and he will flee. Let's say this together. As I walk in the light of God's presence, My conscience is cleansed by the blood from all unrighteousness. And I am enabled to walk in holiness with full confidence towards God. This next one. As I am joined with the Father, I am also joined with his body. Where together we are enabled to carry out God responses in the earth. Wow, that's good too, isn't it? As I am joined with the Father, I am also joined with his body. Where together we are enabled to carry out God responses in the earth. One more time. As I am joined with the Father, I am also joined with his body. Where together we are enabled to carry out God responses in the earth. I am strengthened in the Lord with the power of his might. As I clothe myself in truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and the word. I am not anxious about anything, but instead take everything to God in prayer, allowing the Spirit to guard my heart and mind with powerful and effective peace as tremendous power is activated through me. I have been given authority to speak and walk with overwhelming dominance where the enemy has come in and to completely submerge him in the power of the Spirit. I no longer look at the things that are seen, but only look at what is only revealed by the Spirit where the light afflictions of this earth are completely overtaken by the weight of God's glory. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, these are not just vain repetitions. 
you take these into the presence of God with you and you begin to declare these kinds of these kinds of things. These are just some of them. But if you'll notice, each one of these is an application of a P. Amen? This last one is, a, is an additional one. But, but we, if we're not doing this, we're not part of a God response. Amen? We have to get the word in our mouth. And what it does is it cares for that part of our heart that's been transformed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? God has victory for our life. It's for us to inflict it upon the enemy. Amen. <laughs>